Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 137, episode 5 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, fuck Fox News, fuck Rush Limbaugh, fuck Buck Sexton. It's Friday, June 12th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Oh, here they come. They'll deploy and screw you up. Oh no, here they come. It's the Antifa. Uh, that is courtesy of Chris Yamaguchi Main, and I'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Miles Gray, no K no AKA today, but just please check in on yourselves. Make sure you are taking care of yourself. If you really want to make change, you're gonna to have to stay in this thing for the rest of your life. So just please take as many breaths as you want, because we would like to see as many people on this journey as possible. That's my we are R- written, uh, written by uh, Hannah Soltis. Thank you, Hannah. <laughs> oh, was it? <laughs> just out of habit, you know, I got to call somebody out. <laughs> I'll say, I'm going to uh, talk that one up to, to Hannah. <laughs> that does feel like a Hannah Soltis. Uh, but the last, the last word of the last sentence should have cha- like somehow been a mile, Miles Gray pun. Of Gray. Uh, um, well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by one of our funniest guests, one of the funniest dudes out here. Uh, he is the hilarious, the talented Mr. Brody Reed. Hey guys, how are you? Good um, to see you. I miss you so much, and um, yeah. I wish I could reach out and touch you. Um, mm. Instead, I'm just going to reach out and touch my screen. But Okay, just smudge your camera lens. He did it too. He did it. Oh, he did it right there. I know. I also want to. We gotta. We gotta hang out and, and test out your Japanese skills because I've been watching you on your Nihongo journey on Instagram. Oh yeah. Um, as you know, I've been uh, learning Japanese for like two, two and a half years, and I've yet to have an extended conversation um, at all. Oh really? But, oh shit. I'm gonna. I'm. Gonna, you know what? You. I, we'll have to have you on one of my Japanese family Zoom calls. Oh, yes, please. Yeah. Uh, it'll be like, Yoroshiku, I guess, Mars. Oh, yeah. Brody, you can't go to Nihongo. Jose, Dane. American Jin, Des. Koko Jin, Des. Yeah, and you're like, Midas, I'm so that. Midas, I'm Koko Jin, half, and I'm Which is such a weird thing to say, which is black person half in Japanese. But that's just the terms we're dealing with right now. We gotta, I'm working on one country at a time. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You got to do your part. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, uh, yeah. the the Japanese people on on my, my side right now they're they're pretty much on the same page. Yeah, the other, some other people back uh, in Tokyo might have to holler at though. That's good, or else they'd have to. I guess I don't know, disown you or something, or you'd have to disown them. So that's good. Oh yeah, I mean I'm in the process of family drama anyway with people like that. But you know, oh, that's, heck yeah. uh, that's but those are the you know that's where we're at. I'll be your family, dude. Hey, dude, you are my family, <laughs> and I'm your family. We're all each other's family. Don't we're never Whoa. alone. Speak on it. Speak on it. We're never alone. Dropping <laughs> <Trapping> truth. <laughs> good to be with uh, you guys. How's it going? Yeah, good, good man. man. How how are you learning Japanese? Are you doing like the tapes or what? What are you doing? Um, I'm doing so many things. I um, I'm doing you know I'm doing Duolingo a little bit just for um, just for fun. But like I have textbooks. There are a wealth of websites these days. Um, there's this one website that teaches you kanji over the course of like two years called Wani Kani. And I was, when I was working in the office job, I was like, 
I was like a receptionist at Sundance, and I honestly, I worked half the time, and the other half I did kanji, and there you go. got away with it. They didn't fire me, so um, they support my dreams. Shout out to Sundance. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever accidentally answer the phone in Japanese? Get your signals crossed? No, not accidentally. I've only ever done it on purpose. <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, I mean, because I know you're a big anime head, like, yeah. are you, at what point did you start switching over to, like, not, like, non-dubbed, like, unsubtitled um, stuff, or are you still, or you have the subtitles there, but listen to it just subtitled? Oh, I, I'm 100% in subtitles whenever I'm on Netflix, if they have Japanese subtitles, I'd, I'd rather watch something straight up fully in yeah. Japanese. Yeah, I got to a point where I realized I was such a nerd, and I already had um, a, a podcast called The Dark Weeb uh, about anime, right, where was I was just like, <laughs> yeah, it was was Zig. Um, that I was just like, okay, so a bunch of the movies and the video games and the TV shows and the comics that I read are already in Japanese. Um, I might as well just learn it so that I never have to um, read subtitles again. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. it's gotten to a point where I'm just like watching. Um, you know, like tokusatsu um, shows from like the eighties that no one asked me to watch <laughs> wow. and are not relevant to anything. <laughs> okay, so, we'll have to so, get you like watching some like tamori, like old just sit down panel shows too. So you can really, yeah, like, oh get all, yeah, like, totally. Absorb it all. I've been getting into the comedy. It's great. Um, honestly, my plan is um, if things really go upside down in America, to just move to rural Japan and quit social media. And just like farm. <laughs> there was a, I was so funny. I was looking on CNN today. There was a story about a couple that was like a Japanese American woman and her husband who's white. They work as teachers in Japan and they bought like a farmhouse yeah. for like 15 grand. Because there's a lot of like far, like rural areas that have houses that like are yeah. so, so affordable. Yeah. And their uh, populations are like dwindling. And yeah. Stuff. That they want to invite people in. But too many of the young people want to live by the cities and all these other things. So it's like, but yeah. the... the the house they had was unbelievable. It was beautiful. And like they, oh, they bought it for like nothing. Cool. I was like, yeah, well, yeah, maybe uh, um, come to Brody and I's bed and breakfast. We'll have like a ryokang or something <laughs> you can stop by. It's a, it's a weird thing to mention. But um, so the quarantine has been really weird for me because my grandmother and my mom both passed away at the beginning of yes. the quarantine. I'm sorry about um, that. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, and it's been like a very like, um, isolation is time for me, but I'm also like quarantined in my grandparents' house that they bought in the 70s, and they were kind of eccentric people. So I'm like literally quarantined in a house that has like um, some samurai swords and like <laughs> and like a steer like head. rice paper like doors. There's like got the shoji screens. Wow, shoji screens. <laughs> There's like literally like 20 shoji screens in my house. <laughs> Did you say, uh, your, was your grandmother a travel agent? She was a travel agent, yeah. Right, I remember, because um, I was following your social media posts a lot, because I lost my grandmother last year, too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it's wild when you kind of, especially when you have all these, like, artifacts around, too, yeah. Uh, yeah. to, to kind of go through. But, yeah, so was that sort of adding to her eccentric taste, being a travel agent? Um, absolutely. I think she had been to, like, every continent. And, um, you know, I'm 30-something, I'm and... I realized that like I the only other country I've been to is Mexico. Um, mm. So I really need to get out and travel. I'm gonna take whatever I inherit and just really travel the world. I think. Um, okay. So awesome. 
the next time I'm on here, I'll tell you all about yeah. Aruba, Jamaica, who I want to take, take you. Take you. Take you, Montego. Baby, why don't we go we down go. to the Tokyo? The America yeah, but... has, uh, has created. Maybe Live the most large, authentically yeah. American, uh, the Latter Day Beach Boys. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, they're yeah. very authentic to the Reagan administration. Yeah, because like all um, that shit was just like like boomer volume for your brain so you can yeah. like just kind of tune out like although like all these things were off, like going off the rails in the 80s like our perception of the 80s is like i don't know i think everyone was like partying and on coke <laughs> but then you like look at you like right. oh my god all these other really fucked things you get the media just like learned how to sort of give us this like i don't know patina this uh the the veil of like prosperity and stuff over it i wonder how we're gonna remember right now you know what i mean yeah. um I wonder if people are just going to be like, oh, oh yeah, Doja Cat was a thing for a second. Right. Wasn't, like, wasn't Doja Cat canceled at some point? Anyway, I, so hard to keep track of the mass I would love to read that in a history book like 30 years from now. Doja Cat canceled. Right. For like, yeah, like homophobic slurs. But then you hear like other music. Okay. Yeah. Brody, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Oh, okay. Um, this is um, really this is a this is a gold mine right here. Um, so, I recently tweeted um, something that I found a couple years ago. I used to be a researcher on a, a cable show, and this was back in 2015, right when Rachel uh, Dolezal um, mm-hmm. became like a you know a controversy, like a thing, because she was a white woman pretending to be black, and she like was like a president of like an, an NAACP chapter or something. So when I was a researcher on the show, I did a deep dive and I found this video, a couple videos that were made by Rachel Dolezal's ex-fiance and posted in 2013. Uh, one of them is called For the Rest of My Life <laughs> and the other one is called Dream Girl Slideshow. And they are both like, um, fan cams or like predated fi- fan cams for Rachel Dolezal. They're hundred percent serious and they are bops. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I posted them on my Twitter. Um, you guys just have to edit them in. <laughs> like, yeah, well, maybe we have people... to write out on that as our song. Yeah. Yeah. We write out yeah, we'll absolutely. Out. Cause I, when you posted that, I was like, what the fuck is this? And <laughs> It really, it's so sincere. Yeah. That's what shakes me to my core. Yeah, they don't have a lot of views. They never blew up. Uh, right. I never got to put them on TV because they just weren't good for video. But like they are um, cringy um, goodness and, and they're just amazing. Um, it's it's the best use of the word vajayjay I've ever heard in an r <laughs> song. <laughs> Do we know who the ex-fiance is? Like what was his story? Um, yeah, he is a music. He's a like a musician. Uh, I think he um, plays saxophone. Um, he uh, has a name that I forgot. I looked it up in an article, but I didn't really want to like blast him or anything. But right, his right. YouTube is the man with the horns, which is a great, oh, I love it. <laughs> a, a great YouTube handle. Like, for yeah, for a long time, I thought it was Damon with the horns, and then it, <laughs> and then it clicked. Right, right. <laughs> is, is the horn like spelled T H E horn? Like, was um, he inconsistent with his... 
He, he spelled it regular. <laughs> uh, this is a thing, you know, especially like when like I feel like food trucks started this too, or like they would be like suddenly everything's with a Z, like wild salads with a Z and like Caesar's <laughs> salad and like everything had like a Z forced into it. Like you'd hope I appreciate I remember appreciating like food trucks that went so far into it their menu just became confusing and ceased to function as a menu mm. and yeah like, at least like be a, consistent for yeah. sure decide between da and the you got yeah. it <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna be dumb if you're gonna be damon you better be with da horns too exactly yeah <laughs> uh what is something you think is underrated um something i think is underrated um one of the cool things about this recent just like attention us black people have been getting is just like discovering a lot of black art that I wouldn't otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found this one website called um, I Die, You Die. And it's this website with just like a bunch of like dark industrial music and stuff. Um, and they started sharing links to a bunch of black goth industrial artists. And I'm a black goth. I like industrial art. I like People like Saul Williams, um, someone who's been inspiring me throughout this process. I like um, one of my new favorite artists. This is this artist called Yves Toomer. Um, he, re- he, he wrote a really great song about pro- police brutality called Noid that I love a lot. And through this website, um, I've just been discovering like a lot of black industrial artists. And I think it's really important for black people to take up space in not only all, all scenes, but that scene as well <laughs> is there like nuances like is there an aesthetic that that makes black goth industrial music s- slightly different or not, um not well really? when black people do literally anything it's slightly better so i will yeah, say that yeah. the aesthetic it goes, is, harder. It, it goes harder it <laughs> yeah. just goes harder than even the traditional goth industrial technology. yeah yeah seeing uh like because like with industrial music like you'll watch a video like firestarter or something like that and you'd be like oh this guy's wearing like a like an American sweater, but it's black and white and he's like in a pipe and it's just like, he's angry. It's just like, I get where he's coming from. Right. But then when you see like someone do that and there's also, he's like running from the cops, you're just like, oh, now I actually get what you're angry at. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Message received. Yeah. <laughs> what is, uh, what's something you think is overrated? Um, something that I think is overrated and I'm kind of cheating a little bit, but I want to make a point. I think we have to, I think the term Antifa is overrated. Antifa is overrated. Um, And the only reason I think that is because I I think it allows um, one degree of separation um, that I don't think anyone expected that lets people who are opposed to it, conservatives, um, wackos, whatever, they so easily can demonize Antifa Mm. and never say the word fascist out loud. (laughs) Um, I think, I really think that we kind of collectively have to make an effort to say anti-fascist with like our whole chest, with like our whole throat. Um, so that when people are like, I hate anti-fascists, you know what I mean? Like they have to, (laughs) they have to say the whole thing. (laughs) They're like, wait, I hate anti-fascists. I love fascism. Yeah. (laughs) Right, there we go. (laughs) Anti-anti-fascist. Yeah, I'm profile, actually. So, yeah, right. exactly. I want them to have to say it. No, it's so true. And it it's like one of the tools that, you know, any oppressive system has to use to be mm-hmm. able to divide and conquer. And it's like, first, like most people are like, that's already just ridiculous because to be anti-fascist is a, like a sentiment. 
It's not, yeah. it's not a fucking, you're not, I'm not, I don't have an email at antifa.org. Yeah. Um, yeah, except we're dealing with the most ridiculous people. Right, um, and people just immediately go, great, because before I used to be able to say, like, you know, social justice warriors or Black yeah. Panthers or yeah. other thing <laughs> and try and just immediately vilify something that's actually compl- standing for the complete opposite of what I'm being told it is. Uh, Completely agree. Yeah, and it's just... Yeah, th- there's a moment, too, where more people are going to begin to see, like, right, what the fuck is he saying? Because every the, the even mm-hmm. with the DO, uh, DOJ, like, trying to dig up and manufacture something, mm-hmm. they still have been ab- unable to come up with their, like, doctored report that would be like, yep, man, look at all the, this is the Antifa org chart here. Uh, they were all there, uh, starting with Martin Gugino, who set off the whole thing with his police disruptor device, also known as an iPhone XR. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if we can get um, Ice Cube to tweet about this, we can start a revolution. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right now we got a what's the what was this weird black cube shit he was tweeting about? Yeah, yesterday? it's, it's just, like um, some Hotep stuff, wasn't it? I've been it's it's completely Hotep like a uh, Nation of Islam stuff, and I I guess we'll um, get into it. But like he, it's called like the the Cube of Saturn or something, and I'm right, not really that, sure what it's about. Saturn, right. I tried to Google it and it just kept telling me it was like about magic. And I was just like, okay, I'm not, I'm not trying to do a deep dive about this right now. Yeah. If, mm-hmm. if you Google it and what it's telling you isn't even close to what someone else is, I think that's your first sign of like, yeah, eh, it's going to take a lot of energy for me to connect these dots on my own. I think <laughs> if you saw the first Transformers movie and you know what the Allspark <laughs> is, you, you pretty much know <laughs> what it is. <laughs> I like conspiracy theories that are based around the the wisdom buried deep under the surface of Transformers. Transformers. Oh, yeah. so, I mean, what universe. was Megan Fox really saying when she was bent over the hood of that car? You know, <laughs> oh, I think that was a call to arms. I think it was too. It was a call to something. Brody, uh, finally, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false or vice versa? Um, something that people think is true and I absolutely know to be false is that you do not have to check up on black people right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> the past uh, like week um, has been really busy for me personally. Like I've been like, I, I've been kind of sick, so I haven't been really able to go out and protest. So I've been really active online. I've been like sharing links and stuff like that. And um, there's also like inter- um, and ad- attention from the entertainment industry. So I'm like, I got to, like, get my resume together. I got to, like, finish some scripts so I can send to people. Ironically, during this time where I should just be taking care of my own, you know, like, mental health and stuff. And even though people have good intentions when they, like, call to, like, check up and, like, text and stuff, I think I answered probably, like, 100 check-ins last week. Um, And... I, I don't want to anymore. <laughs> um, I, one of the first things I saw on Facebook for um, white people to do during this time was just like a, a list of um, things you could do to like examine your own self. And one of the very first ones was to check up on your black friends. And I screamed at my computer. I was like, no, we don't need it. <laughs> I mean, I'm only speaking for myself, sure. really. But um. Just if you're gonna check in, don't make it like a like a five thousand word essay. Um, I have gotten a couple of those um, recently. I have not answered them, and I won't. I'm just gonna pretend that they got lost in the mail or something. Mm. 
Or that it just has to be okay that, sure, you sent it, but I'm we're not obligated to respond to it. Yeah. You know, I think that's the other thing. And I I had to I just stopped responding. Mm, because it was you. it was so much labor mm-hmm. to then like because half the time there were people who I think weren't even like looking for I'm I'm like a good you think I'm like one of the good white people, right? Because there there are <laughs> there are a few there are a few buckets these things fall into. Yeah. Some are like, I just want to tell you like I like I get it now. Mm-hmm. And like and I've like I have a lot of work to do. That's one I'm like, great. I'm not gonna respond to that because that if that actually sounds like a person who knows they don't need to be responded to. They just wanted to affirm like their solidarity. Yeah. Uh, even close friends are close are are different than um people who I haven't talked to in like a year or who I haven't seen yeah, yeah. in like several years. It's like you can check it on me a month from now when you know that might like Honestly, like as a comedian, one of the worst feelings is right when you're about to go on stage and you're uh, going through your set in your head um, and you're kind of trying to concentrate and someone tries to strike up a conversation with you. <laughs> right, right. Hey, <laughs> My brain has felt like that moment um, like all week. <laughs> um, so like finally I've like taken some time to decompress because there was a minute where I really had to like look at my like I had to check in with myself and I realized that I was just like, I am in a manic state because of things going on in the world. Yeah. And the, what I don't need right now is the, that added guilt of not texting a friend back, which yeah. is, yeah. which is something I, I answered all of those texts except for yeah. the one really long one. In my mind, I just, I resolved in myself. I'm like, I pray for somebody to be like, um, hello back to me. Cause I already had the fucking, I was, I would have, they would have got third degree burns from their fucking phone. Like that's, and that's how I lived with it. Cause I'm like, I'm not in a situation at all where objectively I'm being rude. I'm like, no, people are dealing with generational trauma in their own ways. I had to do the same thing, Brody. I was so angry. I became useless. I became inert and I realized I had to begin to put these things on a scale. I say, what do I, what do I want to do? If I can stay angry or do I actually want to have my head in this game to be right. able to give everything I have? Because if, 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 if I want to stay in the game, I yeah. really have to take a second to make sure I know how to step back onto the field again because yeah, I was totally. just running around out of, like gassed. Yeah. Um, they did, if they had texting back in the civil rights movement, like in the 60s, um, we would have heard the same thing, I'm sure. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely, yeah, it, it's it's tough. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, don't, don't again, I, I tell everybody else, I will be more impressed when I see people, like if somehow I see a viral video of you, like cursing out your racist dad. Yeah. Like in doing that and flipping your Thanksgiving table because someone decided to say black, all lives matter, Frankie or some (laughs) shit, you know, that's, I'm like, wow, don't talk about it, be about it. And I don't, and I think the other thing too, is we'll probably get into this Mm -hmm. with that tone deaf celebrity video. We uh haven't heard, we've heard enough words. We've heard enough words. So like at this point, they have no fucking meaning. They really don't. Yeah. Mm. And was it, is it my imagination? Cause I've only seen the video once. Was that video in black and white or was it in color? Oh, no, you know, we got we got into this, man. The <laughs> okay. black and white, the monochrome, the, 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 the nuances, man, of the aesthetic helps set up the black-white binary for the viewer. That's why it has depth, not because 
people didn't know how to color balance or yeah. people's skin was looking weird and Put this is just an easy roll. way. To, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, let's take oh, a quick like, break and we'll come back and talk about that video because yeah. oof. wow. Cool. And we're back. And yeah, the celebs are back at it again. They gave us the Imagine video during the COVID-19 <laughs> pandemic um, to, to get us through what was a difficult time. Mm-hmm. And they uh, learned their lesson, I guess, and decided not to sing this time, to just uh, you know do what they do and deliver really passionate um dramatic performances of uh true statements like very things that people should should be thinking um, yeah but for some reason they thought they needed to be the ones to uh say it and say it in in the most uh cringy way possible and also be clearly reading it in probably 60 percent of the cases deborah messing she needs to be canceled for her inability to remember lines I, I, it was, I'm our, you know, look, at this, it was a all-star cast, right? You got Kristen Bell, Kesha, Aaron Paul, Stanley Tucci, Bryce Dallas Howard, Deborah Messing. I mean, uh, Alana yeah. Glazer. There were so many people. I think there's like a Duplass brother in there at some point. Yeah. The, it's just the weirdest thing. Like, I the sentiment, credit, to, oh, great, fantastic. But to have someone overact something that should actually feel sincere is like the most cringy, like get like performative bullshit. Like it's it instantly just rings hollow. I think it's they really did themselves a disservice with this. Yeah, nothing reminds you um, more that actors are really just that. They're not like writers or like directors <laughs> or, or like people. <laughs> um, I think the funniest <laughs> the funniest thing about that video is that you can imagine um, someone's like assistant uh like on the zoom call like having to direct like aaron paul and being like okay aaron so um that was a little <laughs> angry um we needed to be like a little like sad like i don't know like sad <laughs> how about this and those killer cops gotta be brought to justice bitch <laughs> like okay hold on what are you doing jesse pinkman now or are you doing aaron paul i would have preferred the them all to be in character <laughs> like, yeah fuck it <laughs> What was uh? Who is she? What was Deborah? Met? Well, she was Grace. You know, get yeah. her doing her character. Get Kristen Bell to be Veronica Mars. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Julianne Moore to be Homegirl from Boogie Nights. Um, mm. I was really disappointed in Julianne Moore too because I she's one of my favorite criers. Yeah, she should have just cried, and she didn't give me the tears. And I don't know mm. why I suddenly got went from like. This is supposed to be a message to suddenly be like, why aren't these actors doing my favorite thing I know them for? Because the the equality message got lost in the overacting. Yeah, yeah. they should have done like some impressions or told some jokes or something. <laughs> like, why so serious? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't I feel like Julianne Moore is just uh, and this has nothing to do with the video, but I feel like she's under memed because she has some like wild performances where she's just right. like taking it to entire next levels well, laura dern kind of got in her lane of like yeah. being like emotional white woman meme screen grabs because julianne yeah. moore has been she's been screaming and crying with cocaine yeah. all over her face and feel there's like so many things you could cut out of a julianne moore movie 
Is it okay if I uh, ask the Zeit Gang to make some Julianne Moore memes? <laughs> yeah, Zeit Gang, hit us up Jeez. with some next. And I know Zeit Gang is actually up on shit enough to know Julianne yeah. Moore is the queen of contorted face crying. Even before, uh, what's Homegirl's name from Homeland was doing it? Uh, uh, Claire Danes. Claire Danes. Because yeah. yeah. her cry face got a little shine also on the internet. Yeah. But Julianne Moore yeah. has been here the the pharmacy scene in Magnolia is pe- everybody needs to watch that. That is among the most intense uh, yeah. moments of performance. Uh, I mean, but yeah, it also, also just contrasts with what she's given us in this in this uh, video. Do you think um, I don't? Okay, like, what do you think is going through the minds of these celebrities? Like, a there's there's clearly a bit of like white savior shit going on here, uh, but also like. Was this just for them? Was this? I'm I'm having like, yeah. Was it? Did they just do the thing that they said? Well, NAACP asked me, so therefore, whatever they're gonna ask me is gonna be okay, or I'll just yeah. Like, I'm I sure. honestly, I do think it was that. I do think that the NAACP reached out and they were like, "Oh man, I can't say no technically to this," um, and maybe it's easier than actually donating any money. I'm sure all of them have donated several yeah. hundred dollars. I have no doubt. <laughs> um, it, it, I, it's, I'm not even really sure. <laughs> like, like personally, like after the, after the dust settles on all this protesting, which might take a very long time. Like any time, I even if 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 I listen to like Elvis Costello, like three years from now. I'm going to have to Google, did he say Black Lives Matter? Yeah. Like, like mm. I'm going to have to make a spreadsheet of literally every celebrity and make sure that they said Black Lives Matter. And if they didn't, I'll just replace them with someone else. Right. Um, so in that way, they are covering their ass. But like at this point, especially after the ima- in a post-imagine video world, celebrities <laughs> need to know that we're just going to drag them. Um, right, right. The, the real fault is whoever at NAACP PR had this idea for a video and reached out. But like, I do hope that it does raise money and it is for, it's a video for white people. It's almost like they could have just said at the beginning of the, you know, the video, this is for whites. Right. <laughs> like, <that's> <laughs> well, and it does this thing of like, I take yeah. responsibility. Like, you're all already going to make people defensive with how you're even framing this. Right, yeah. Like, sure. to start off with these, like, I, it, I should have. Like, I get that. And that would have come off a lot better if you had just written, like, a Medium post that was, like, yeah. probably more sincere to who you are as a person than performing yeah. this, like, pre, like, someone else's words. Um, yeah. Because, like, it also, like, it gives people that ability to start looking at the situation or, like, if, if you're first, if people are new to these terms of like white privilege, mm-hmm. fragility, white supremacy, that you're going to see a thing like this and go, this is what they're, they just want white people to say, I'm sorry for, and I didn't even do anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not racist. I, the guys on my <laughs> softball team, no. Like, it, it's just fucking, like, it's already, like, I feel like the, the language could have been adjusted a little bit more than to just mm-hmm. say, like, I take risk. Like, I get that because, yes, we all have a, a, a role in either mm-hmm. abiding or you know allowing white supremacy to persist but mm-hmm. to look to have like to do, to do it this way comp- i think it just it it sort of muddies the waters in terms of like what the points that need to be communicated are to people you know what 
I think they could have done to have been a little more effective, and this is just an idea, but like, I think they should have gotten actors who have like played famous cops specifically. Mm. Um, like that would be interesting of just like the role that like police media um, does to like, honestly, because it's, I think we're all a little bit brain- brainwashed. Um, before the last two weeks, like I knew, I, I, I grew up in Inglewood. Uh, I grew up in the hood. It's just like, I always hated cops, but I didn't know that they were quite this bad at their job. Like cops like are not legally required to help people. They just um, protect property and stuff. And so much of what I think about cops still comes from the media, even though like I was always like looking at it with like rose colored glass, not even rose colored glasses, but like, with a skeptical lens. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. Plus, if you did actors who are cops, we probably could have got like Will Smith in there. That would have been cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, imagine like people's heads exploding if like Michael Chiklis yeah. was like, you know, although he played one of the dirtiest fucking cops ever in The Shield, you would have never thought like, man, the cops are good after watching The Shield. But he was the, com- was he the commission before that? I mean, like, to see those faces, it's it would almost be like that, mo- like those moments on Catfish where Neve and Max find like the yeah. model IG model that the person is using their pics to catfish somebody with, <laughs> and then get them to video call the victim of the catfish and be like, "Hi, this is me. You're seeing. I'm not the person that you think I am. Just so you know." And I think if you had a lot of people who reinforce this message of like po- this binary of police good and anyone opposed to police <laughs> equals criminal bad, yeah. that would yeah, that may have had an effect. Yeah. Where, why are we punching up feel these like, fucking videos for them? <laughs> I do feel like that's sort of happening in other places in culture with NASCAR banning um, the Confederate flag. What a surprise. Uh, a, a band called Lady yeah. Antebellum uh, saying they're now Lady A. Uh, and apparently they claimed it was about architecture, which well, they, is they, It was like a plantation. photo shoot that had been in front of a house, like they were in the South taking the photo, whatever it was, the, the singer first said like when they got signed, they didn't think they were going to be able to keep the name, but they just yeah. did it in the beginning. And then when they didn't, they're like, oh, oh, well, and then their fans just called them Lady A. But either way, like the way they're talking about it now, it's like, y'all, but y'all already knew what antebellum meant before this. Right. And you're yeah. just being, you were able to skate on it. So, but fine, I guess we're crossing that Rubicon of like, and I keep using this fucking term. Where, Rubicon? Yeah, like of crossing the Rubicon, <laughs> at least like sort of in media coverage of being like, oh yeah, we, we're all going to agree the Confederate flag bad. We used to be yeah. like, well, it is a symbol for, well, motherfucker, that shit didn't even, what, fucking four years? Yeah. Right. What the fuck it's you talking about? fucking history. Sioux Plantation uh, went bankrupt way before this. <laughs> yeah. They, right. they saw maybe they saw it coming. I mean, I yeah. was always like, I remember a few years ago, it was like, I love Sioux Plantation. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I do love those little ice creams, though. Hate the name. Love the little soft serve. It's about culture. Mm. About history. You know? Yeah, it's about history. It's about history. <laughs> uh, when, when office workers were picking soup in the fields. <laughs> what the fuck? Because that's what a soup plantation is now. It's all like office people like stress the fuck out who have to like only have 10 minutes to eat. Yeah. 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 Um. I mean, we and then we saw it with Tom Morello and Rage Against the Machine, like people just now waking up to the fact that the, you know, cultural entities that they thought were on board with their, uh, you know, 
Point ideology. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Is, is well, not, I think not quite. I think all that really underlines is that many people are not aware of the media they consume. Yeah. yeah. That's all that really shows to me. People are not aware of the media they consume. How could you be a Rage Against the Machine fan and yeah, not, not hear the lyrics of Zach and be like, nah, that, <laughs> that can't be about racism. Yeah. <laughs> or like police. Like, I don't under, I don't know, but I think. Who do you guys think run the forces? <laughs> yeah. Like Air Force Ones? Nike? They thought the machine was just like their computer malfunctioning. That's like the rage against the machine they were having, like the scene in Office Space where they get mad at the copier. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, rather than the the speech that it comes from, you know what I mean? Like that's the other thing. It's like Mario Savio is the one who, like, I mean, if you hear that speech, my God, you'll be like, "Woo! I'm fucking ready to fucking headbutt." If like a, a colonial capitalism, white supremacy it, with my mm-hmm. skull right now. <laughs> uh, but I, I honestly search Mario Savio rage against the machine. That's where that phrase comes from. But yeah, I think, again, people just aren't they don't they don't take apart the nuances of what they're ingesting. Yeah. And if you buy mm-hmm. a CD, always read the booklet. You gotta um, yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Well, maybe they saw Evil Empire and they're like, well, I don't know, it's a white kid in like a, like a rugby sh- hockey shirt. It's like, did you see the yeah, album? I don't know if you like saw the first album with the self-immolation on the cover. Um, okay, but... Yeah, I mean, that's that's metal as hell, dude. How'd they I draw remember, that? It's funny because <laughs> when that album came out, I remember like there was the, the movie Higher Learning that John Singleton filmed. There mm-hmm. were like early Rage tracks on there. Um and I remember going to like the CD store with my dad and that first Rage album was there. And I was like, whoa. And my dad was like, yo, this is like, what the fuck is this? Like, what band is this? Mm. I'm whoa. like, I, it's called Rage Against the Machine. And, and he bought it. I remember he bought it. Cool. And I was like, I didn't know what happened. And then we were in the car. I was like, oh, to me, I could just see this image of the monk who had self was, you know, engaging in, in self-immolation to protest uh-huh. the Vietnam War. And... Like, I remember it wasn't until, like, we got home. I was like, why did you just buy that CD? You don't even know the band. He's like, I, he's like this. Then he broke down what this image was about and what he was going through in the 70s and how he felt about the war and, like, what mm. kind of mental just focus it takes to even maintain a position like that while your body is engulfed in flames as a protest. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, whoever posted this or who, if they're using this as their album cover, I know they know what the fuck is up. Yeah. And, and I was like, all right, whatever. And then I didn't get into it until Evil Empire. And I was like, oh, okay. They, yeah, meanwhile, I'll be like nine and I'll see the same cover and I'll be like, this is how my parents make me feel. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, I just want to stay up late. <laughs> yeah. And then sadly, like in that other portion, I fell into Linkin Park at a time when I could oh, yeah, maybe too. blasted more. But hey, you know what it is. In the end, nothing no, doesn't even The matter. machine is bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> Miles, the these wounds will never heal. And that's the promise <laughs> that I make to all Linkin Park fans. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, let's talk about Trump. Uh, Trump announced his first uh, post-coronavirus rally. Uh, yeah. And oh, yeah, chose, on Juneteenth in Tulsa. Chose a very specific Oof. date and location. Yeah. Yikes. I, like, even Hitler, I think, is cringing at how on the nose this shit is. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, my God, you're, you're going Juneteenth, which is an actual holiday and I think, all but three states. I think the Dakotas and Montana. Uh of the you know of, were officially recognizing the end of slavery or when the slaves and last slaves in texas were told that slavery had ended in 1865 mm-hmm. um that's what that's the significance of juneteenth so that's basically saying 
for to if you want to reduce it down to an easy thing, the you know uh, end of slavery holiday celebration is Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. To then have that your first rally since March, which ostensibly people are going to look at this rally as being a a response to the Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. um, because that's just that's just where we are. The juxtaposition of events, yeah. yeah. Um, to ha- then have it in Tulsa, the site of one of the worst uh, racial terrorist acts um, mm-hmm. ever ever transpired on American soil, aside from the genocide of indigenous people uh, throughout the history of this country, mm-hmm. I would say is pretty significant because that's the site of Black Wall Street. Uh, the, the the Tulsa massacre mm-hmm. just was unbelievable. Four four un- unbelievable un. Uh, abated racial violence against black people who mm-hmm. had figured out a way to find prosperity without uh, just within their own community and it was thriving so then to have your little you know diet clan rally there it's you're we get what you're saying you're just yeah. basically saying like all racists come through um it's gonna be a party and yeah. i don't know i mean the thing is I I don't actually I don't think Trump knows what what Juneteenth is. I don't think he knows when Tulsa like I maybe he just found out. I have a I, feeling I disagree. And I think the, Teenage Mutant Ninja Gerbils is the one who <laughs> lined it up for him and then he agreed. I can, yeah. I, I I think the funniest part about this is we recently learned um I think Trump we we like know for sure that he really only watches like two things. He mm. watches Fox News and he watches um, HBO. And we know he watches HBO because he tweeted about Insecure. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think that he, the only reason he knows about Tulsa is because he probably watched The Watchmen. He watched at least mm-hmm. one episode because a bunch of white people learned about Tulsa for the first time from watching The Watchmen because um, our American education system is a complete failure and we don't teach people about this kind of thing. Um, and he, I think he knows the the specifics of the day i think it was just like what's a day we could piss off the most black people in a coded way and make it look like coded yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what what day is that anyway is that like what, what what weekday is that let me let me see june 19th is friday. friday it's it'll be next okay. Friday. friday okay cool that's that's fine he could have his pizza friday i guess <laughs> mm. it's gonna the other thing too is this like you know, I again, a lot of the cruelty that's been really mind blowing has come, like Stephen Miller has had a hand in all the time. Yeah. Um, and I know he definitely, by working with old Jefferson Sessions, uh, Beauregard, <laughs> that he, he, he picked up a thing or two uh, with his time interning in that, you know, uh, mm-hmm. just racist office. But the other thing, too, like w- when you just look at what Trump is dealing with, he's losing a three front war right now. He's has no answer to the pandemic and the fallout, mm-hmm. the economic fallout from that. Joe Biden is doing nothing and mm-hmm. gaining like gaining support in polls, especially in like swing states oh, by really? doing nothing. Mm. Um, and then also you have a popular ri- uprising in the United States that's demanding a reckoning with white supremacy. Well, some some people are, but whatever, whatever you want to call this moment, it's a new mm-hmm. civil rights movement and a, and a call for major, major restructuring and reform. Totally. Uh, in our country. And so this man is he he realizes taking L's on all three. So he has to, he's just doing his old playbooks like, I don't know, just fucking go pedal to the metal on race war. And maybe this will dig me out of a hole or something. Yeah. Uh, but it's just it's like not even for the 
the math of an election. To, like, Oklahoma's not even a swing state. So yeah. it's like, what do you, it's, it's clearly just, this is just clearly a just a big troll move. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a dog whistle. And it's, it's strange because it's like, you know, we're living in the present and um, the last couple of years have just been so crazy. We never expected um, this to happen with Trump and like all this stuff to happen. And I feel like we're going to look back on this moment, like in a history book and we're going to be like, of course, this is how, this is exactly how fascism and nationalism um, props up and becomes like a prominent thing is that people the whole time are just like, no, no, right. no, come on. And then it just right. happens. Yeah. Um, so it's scary. And we, we just got to do our best to confront it. And yeah. I don't know, hack, hack the convention or something. <laughs> Join <Yeah. in> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, Jamie left us yeah. on the phone. I think yeah. this also helps him. Uh, cha- uh, cl- I mean, all of these, you know, uprisings have just allowed him to completely avoid the conversation about COVID. Um, yeah. And even when you look at Oklahoma, like proportional to like Oregon, like they are outpacing them in terms of infections and oh. death rates because they were like one of those states, like a ton of states that were like, yeah, dude, we're in like phase nine, all good mode, mm. uh, completely reopened. Right. And then on yeah. top of that, you're going to have a rat. It's, it's, it's all like everything is just uh it, it doesn't make sense. It's purely just a gesture to like white America to try and sort of reassert itself as they watch all their monuments and things just like wither away in front of them. I mean, you hate to see it. You yeah. hate to see yeah. it. I mean, you hate to read the replies in that NASCAR tweet. You hate to read them. <laughs> the, the you hate to read the replies in the new iHeart podcast, Waiting on Reparations, that are just like so... The racists are, are up in arms. They're, well, it's overtime. Yeah. It's overtime and they're down by 15. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's overtime so, and they're getting paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. And I think the other, this whole, it, it truly is, they, like if you really held on to this really superficial identity of white supremacy of like merely like, because I'm a white person, I'm better than everyone, you're probably pissing your pants right now. Yeah. Uh, because mm-hmm. suddenly like companies that used to like ignore your racism are now like, sorry, Confederate flags, gone. This thing, we're not doing it anymore. Like, yeah. you know, people who work here, sorry, fuck out of here. This is where it's at. Uh, all these monuments, they're coming down. Your forts, they're named after, like, slavers and Confederates, gone. And that's like, what yeah. the? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have nothing. Yeah, because your ideology was nothing to begin with. So why don't you, you know, either move on to something new or, you know, move to Whitefish, Montana. Yeah, I can't help but laugh at, like, watching, like, a Tucker Carlson video where like celebrities will scroll by of all the ones that are like canceled and it'll just oh, be yeah. like all the good ones. It's just like Steve Carell over. <laughs> yeah. Chrissy Teigen, enemy of the state along with like old ass rioting footage. Yeah. Like also that man was playing footage from Ferguson yeah. uh, during mm-hmm. his news broadcast because he so desperately needed to portray what was going on as some kind of violent, like nonsensical thing that came out of thin air rather than like a very large scale you know, um, moment of action. Sad, sad man. Sad yeah. exclamation point. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back, 
And uh, before we get back to the news, Miles, do we want to do a check in with the Netflix top 10 this week? Uh, on if there's something so bad. So there's a couple of things that might qualify. Um, there's 13 Reasons Why is back at number one because I guess they just dropped new episodes. I don't know that series. I just know that it's controversial and like a teen thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in that because I feel like I watched the you know, light version of that with uh, Riverdale recently. <laughs> um, so there's something at number two. There's a Polish porno uh, called 365 DNI, uh, which I'm very curious about because uh, I'm horny. No, uh, because uh, it's a it's apparently like a kidnapping thing. Uh, It's it's like tapping into the same thing as uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, which I never really dug into. But I was like kind of interested in like what that is that like that itch that this uh these movies are scratching so i don't know i maybe I'm we, also maybe real we both watch talking. it let's bo- no let's both let's- watch as i look at what <laughs> this thing sounds like a fucking nightmare like people are like uh it's it's romanticizing stockholm syndrome <laughs> and like yeah yeah uh, well we'll see let's check it out all right we'll watch there's also a he- I'm, there's a an article that just says 365 DNI sex scenes leave Netflix viewers floored by flight attendant sex act. Okay. So I don't know what that means. All right, guys. That's what. So uh, we, we so will guess, be watching that on Monday if people want to check that out. Um, some salacious international flavor. Those look kind of mm. Yeah. Yeah. 365 the cover DNI. Of the movie is just like a real hairy guy grabbing a naked woman's boobs. Uh, it is. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> all right. Whatever. Uh, right. We got so much. There's so many things to sort out at the same time. I want to talk about this uh, John Amici study. Uh, the former NBA player and organizer um, was talking about the study where they basically sent a questionnaire to 10,000 respondents from white collar environments to ask the question of like, what are the traits that they associate with black people? Mm. And the answers for themselves are like beautiful, strong, athletic, proud music sports. Uh, So as he points out, not exactly a broad swath of ideas, but at least it's not negative. But then he pointed out that when you ask those same 10,000 people, what do you think other people associate with black people? The answers became criminal, athletic, poor, inferior, uneducated, gangs, dangerous. Uh, oh. And he was pointing out that they haven't found those other people yet. It's just the people who are answering the questions all giving themselves credit for uh, having the still stereotypical, but positive, uh, not racist view, but assuming that out there in other people, there exists these like very, you know, overtly racist ideas. And it just reminded me of that um, Sony email hack uh, leak that I I bring it up a lot, but it's always like stuck in my head, this uh, Sony executive who was arguing that they shouldn't greenlight 
Denzel Washington's uh, Equalizer 2, and he said, uh, I'm not saying the Equalizer should not have been made or that African-American actors should not have been used. I personally think Denzel Washington is the best actor of his generation. So whatever uh, he says next will not be racist just because <laughs> right. he qualified that. Okay. Casting him is saying we're okay with a double uh, and not a home run, basically, is what he said. And then he blames it on international audiences being racist. I, I just think that that is a more prevalent dynamic than a lot of white people realize. The yeah. idea that, well, it's out there, other people are racist, and that's just the reality that I'm dealing with, but I'm one of the good ones. And it's just, that is upholding systemic racism and systemic white supremacy just as much when you're just assuming that in other people. Yeah. To be clear, when you center whiteness, you are centering whiteness. Like you, (laughs) especially if you are in a a position of power, you know, I, um, I've been a stand-up comic for a long time and I am acutely aware that like when I tell jokes in front of an audience, um, Almost 99% of the time, I am telling jokes, even though they're, they're black jokes, I'm telling them to a white audience, to a white mm-hmm. um, like palette. Um, even if they're from my perspective, they're to that white perspective. And the people who are in charge of like making decisions of like getting things on TV and putting movies out and distributing them, like they are very acutely aware that Globally, it's accepted that the Western world is white. Um, Like a lot of foreign countries, when they think of foreigners, they don't think of, um, they don't think of like a large multicultural like swath. They think of white people like first. And the only way that's going to change is if people actually um, make a stand against it. Um, Or else it's just like, I, I just think it's a, a shame that, like, in the entire course of, like, human history, like, we've had the film industry for, like, a little over 100 years, and it's been centered in whiteness that whole time. You know, if an asteroid crashes into the Earth and we only ever got to center whiteness, I think that'd be pretty sad. So, do better, I guess. Mm. Can you make well, this black like, and white? Right. <laughs> yeah, please, uh, please listen to this in black and white. The, even the things that they were associating, right? Like athletic, music, sports, mm-hmm. those are because those are actually places black people have been able to center themselves in mm-hmm. just be- off of merit, off because yeah. the art was good enough, because the skill was good enough to be the best. And it's not movie. Like to your point, even saying they're not saying movies mm-hmm. or books or other things. Um, and I think it's interesting too, just like what you're saying, Jack, psychologically of like, imagine like, even if you were at a party, right. And people were telling like embarrassing stories yeah. and you know, you had one that happened to you that was so embarrassing, mm-hmm. but, but you knew it's like, well, they don't know me. I can say this happened to somebody else yeah, and I'll do that to shield myself from fully owning the embarrassment of this moment. And it still has the effect of me telling somebody an actual moment that happened that they can recognize happened to somebody else. It's like the same way you could do that with saying like, 
well, what do you think? And it's like, okay, uh, this is what I think black people yeah. could be. They're beautiful, strong, athletic. Now, what do you think other people? Well, I think other people probably think that they're dangerous. They'll probably mug you uh, or like this one guy at the gym like may, might be looking at your butt all the time. Um, and there's, <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that last part? Uh, nothing. Like, nothing. <laughs> it, it does allow this sort of like psychological, your defense mechanisms to come down when you're starting to frame things in the context of another person. Damn but it. somehow like a lot more negative stuff comes out because you're offered this distance or separation from those yeah ideas. i'm gonna try that on people i date you're gonna yeah. try that on people you date yeah <laughs> what do you think other girls would think complain about me <laughs> <laughs> that's literally uh so that interview with john amici uh happened on like a life coaches uh podcast i think mm-hmm. uh and uh, the life coach was like, that's, uh, who I don't generally give life coaches. Uh, that's not where I get most of my psychological, uh, uh, studies from, but, uh, the person was saying that they actually ask people like to get a sense of what they think. They ask people what they think other people think, because that's like where you get the unguarded truth from people. That's so interesting. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to uh-huh. trick some people in my life into saying some stuff. <laughs> I will well, because it's you also that. too like, you know what? Actually, I think about that too. If like I've been critical of like a personal friend's work, mm-hmm. I've used the defense. Well, you know, like some people say, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> right. I don't want to be like, yo, this is trash. I'm going to be real with you. This is trash. This is <laughs> trash. I just don't think people will get it. Yeah. 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 Right, right, right. And I, I do. I do. Yeah, Trust I me. do. I yeah. get it. I think you're the greatest jet artist of our generation. If I saw this and I didn't know you and if I weren't friends with you, I would also still think that this is good, but I'm saying that yeah. other people <laughs> would not. It's the same thing. Yeah, we always have to preserve ourselves or we never want to come off as the, you know, the bad guy. Yeah. Whatever that yeah. is, whether that's bad for being honest or objectively bad because you have really, you know, shitty racist ideas in your head. Totally. Yeah. Uh also I do want to talk about uh, they did abolish cops, uh, the TV show. Um, wow. Which, oh, and uh, what is that other one? Live PD or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, Live PD was too. a newer one that was at, like kind of a, a big hit that they canceled. But I was I didn't know cops was still on the air. Me neither. <laughs> I, I thought it was like re, reruns. Like, I, I don't know. I associated it with like early 90s TV. Um, but they were set to premiere their 33rd season uh, this week on the Paramount Network, uh, mm. which used to be a Spike TV until uh, a TV station a dedicated to toxic masculinity <laughs> was no longer like a viable, a viable like strategy oh but when um, they announced that shit people were like yeah <laughs> <laughs> heck yeah video game awards fuck yeah give me bar rescue <laughs> yeah apparently the show stopped airing on fox in 2013 and then that's when spike picked it up and then it became paramount oh that show. makes sense but so i i don't know I think a lot of people know that it began it was one of the first reality shows it began because there was a writer strike uh, and the show's creators had worked with Geraldo on a show about drug busts uh, and then pitched cops to Fox, and they were just desperate for unscripted shows because of the writer's strike. But 
like people who've paid attention to the show and the impact it's had say that it was really damaging for in in a number of ways. So this propaganda? Yeah, like literally the police departments get final cut on the show. Mm. Like they are because they have to sign off on giving away the access. They review every episode before it goes out and it needs to uh, present the police officers in a you know positive heroic light, which so it the police but... are the police are in charge of constructing their own narrative that is then hmm. shown on screen. Mm-hmm. <sighs> sounds yes. like sounds like propaganda. Okay, I'm starting to realize. Yes, that reminds me of I I've been kind of like thinking about um. I've been trying to like decolonize like all these like cop shows that I've like internalized when I was a kid. I remember when I was a kid on like TV land, um, watching, uh, not like, yeah, Dragnet. It it is Dragnet. Um, the guy behind that, um, I I think his character's name was like Jack holiday. Um, I'm not sure if that was his real name, but like they presented that show as this like, very realistic um police procedural of like how it's like to be a police officer and a lot of it was like kind of boring they would use codes and they would like investigate things and you'd see them like um using like actual like police cars and stuff as props and then i was reading about it and you know the whole thing was basically propaganda the police department lent them equipment as long as they got the okay on every like story in the episodes and stuff. And it it, it was like one of the most successful uh, police PR imperatives. And it kind of just like started to entrance um, the police department in Hollywood in Los Angeles. And it's, it's just, it's just gross. And um, it's made me, Hate Dragnet, which is used to be like like a show I used to love. <laughs> right. <laughs> the that makes so much sense. I I've only seen one episode of Dragnet, and it was uh the one where hippies like take yeah. LSD and then lose their minds and start like one of them like jumps out a window, and another one I think just dies from LSD, like from <laughs> just the drug LSD from talking um, about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he lost his mind I, that day. Yeah. The only place that I know that is that uh, routinely uh, dishonest about drugs is uh, DARE, which is a police program. So mm-hmm. it's like that that was a unified strategy across the board. Um, I mean, DARE was a great ad for PCP because the stories they told was. me, I was like, wait, what? What? The guy <laughs> threw a cop car? You can smoke something and get super and Hold like on. turn into Hold a hole. He Hold ripped on. a street light out? Yeah. Like I remember and this guy, oh, I've I talk about this guy, Officer Charles, all the time with his stupid <laughs> vanity license plate, P R N C H A S. And it was supposed to say Prince Charles. And I was like, no, it says Pernchas. <laughs> fucking loon. Freaking uh, Pernchas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I just remember, I'll, I remember afterwards Charles, when he said that PCP story, like me and my friends were like, yo, dude, what the fuck? What is this PCP thing? Uh, it did not. It, it was just really a, it just felt like a thing where I think officers who are in trouble, they have to do dare. Is that like that the deal? 
Because I feel like there's got to be more important things. Or like he's like the one cop who has like the patience to talk to shitheaded 11 and 12 year olds. (laughs) Right. But yeah, so I mean, by uh, creating this feedback loop where it was police uh, and TV producers and reality show producers, the like who are not uh, who are just looking for the, you know, the violence, the exciting uh, thing, the thing that's going to they're not looking to upend any stereotypes they're more looking to just uh use them to to hook people in that show being on the air for so many years uh they like police departments openly say that it was the best recruiting tool that they had when you think about who it's recruiting uh then like some of these videos that we've been seeing of how the police uh respond to peaceful protests start making more sense to me i think yeah imagine getting pulled over in 2020 and then like seeing a camera and being like am i on fucking cops right now and they're like yes <laughs> i mean like, like what this yeah, like, i'm not signing the release <laughs> I mean, you can blow my face out you know the other thing too is like when you think of how it functions i don't think i've seen a cops episode where they got the wrong guy and we're like oh sorry about that. never we yeah and they the left gun. it in you know they just have the caveat of like cops is filmed on the streets with the brave men and women yeah. of law enforcement. Uh, they're like all all people are innocent until proven guilty, despite what the demeanor of the police suggests yeah. and the editing. <laughs> right, <laughs> they're always getting their man. They're always uh, the the show. Like people who did a statistical analysis found uh, that they were more likely to uh, show arrests of persons of color before yeah. like the first uh, commercial break than yeah. like they just like front loaded that to play on, I guess the white audience's fears. And yeah, sometimes police forces invited the cops crew to come film them as a PR move yeah. uh, in order to quote mend a tarnished image. Um, <laughs> Okay. And you you mentioned the releases, like in order to get people to sign the release, they would like sometimes just keep them locked, locked up, uh, you know, next to the release form being like, you're not going anywhere. You're not getting any water. You can't this. go to the bathroom until you sign this release form. That's awesome. uh, If they signed it at all. Some of, some of the people that uh, this show running from cops, which is a podcast that's focused on the victims of the show cops uh they they said they talked to a lot of people who never signed a release and they were just like yeah what are you gonna do about it well we're gonna defund you yeah Yeah. dismantle your departments yeah brody it's been great having you uh back on the daily zeitgeist man thanks for having me you guys people find you and follow you um you can find me at ao bro bro um on twitter and instagram mostly on Twitter. Um, you can listen to uh, two of my podcasts. I have a podcast called The Male Gaze with a couple other comedians. And we talk about, um, we talk about current events during the week uh, through a sensitive male gaze um, and The Dark Weeb, where me and Cody Ziegler talk about a lot of nerdy things as people of color. Um, and you can also check out a short film um, that we made that is supposed to be coming out soon. It was supposed to play at a lot of festivals this year. A lot of them got um, pushed, but it's called $16,000. It's a comedy about reparations, um, and it's like winning some awards and stuff, and we're pretty proud of that. 
Dope. That's Thanks awesome. for having me, you guys. Of course. Yeah. Who else is on that show? Steve Hernandez also does that podcast, right? Uh huh. Steve Hernandez, Alan Stricken Williams, and uh, Zed Cutsinger. They're all really so funny, really great dudes. Had, I think everybody except Zed on the show. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, Miles, where can people find you and what's a tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, PlayStation Network, Miles of Gray. Also, my other podcast, 420 Day Fiance, where we're talking about. 90 day fiance pretty easy uh okay let's see a tweet that i like uh oh okay this tweet uh is from stephanie d keen at rhythm keen k-e-e-n-e it says i remember first hearing about abolition and thinking we can do that i just hadn't had the imagination for it before a lot of people are having that moment or the one just before it right now it's hard to imagine a thing you don't know but we do it all the time so you know do some reading educate yourself give yourself the ability to envision these things uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Andy Richter tweeted, according to the email I just got, I didn't just order a pair of flip-flops online. I became part of a family. They should oh. tell you this stuff ahead of time. <laughs> I've got enough on my plate right now. Uh, Rob Wisman tweeted, if I can stop listening to Ignition Remix, you can give up your racism statues. And Sean Clements tweeted... Me and my celeb buddies thought the issue with the first vid was the beloved John Lennon song, Imagine. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. footnotes. We link footnotes. off the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on miles what are we riding out on today uh brody sing it one time tell us tell us what we're riding out on from rachel dolezal's ex-fiance it's called the man with the horn and the track is called for the rest of my life oh that's right because for the rest of our lives we're going to commit to something too all right (laughs) all right well the daily zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app apple podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite shows That is going to do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. And we'll talk to you then. Bye. 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 The goddess of love falling head over heels for me. Coming here to set me free. There is no doubt that you're my destiny. This player's out of the game. I'm so happy. It's a ridiculous shame. You brought me love. You brought me peace. You brought me joy. The next gift will be a baby girl or a baby boy. Whatever he or she will be, it will be a blessing to our wonderful family. The stars are aligning, shining on us. The angels in heavens are smiling at us. And my heart has felt such a bountiful, beautiful love. I'm nestled in the electrical force of you. I want to kiss you for the rest of my life. I want to mm. touch you for the rest of my life. I want to kiss you for the rest of my life, Rachel.